Welcome to the Habibi Life Podcast, where we share practical advice to help you live an abundant life. Our goal is to help you fall in love with yourself by providing information and inspiration to help you reach your highest and your healthiest potential. This is episode 10, The Beauty of Boundaries. Many of us tend to think of boundaries in terms of extremes, as in the really pushy person who doesn't understand personal space or consent, or the proverbial doormat who lets people do whatever they want, whenever they want. But the reality is, a lot of people violate boundaries and allow their own to be violated in ways that seem harmless on the surface, but eventually end up being detrimental. What no one ever tells us about boundaries is that not having them may be inextricably tied up in our sense of self-worth. And we're not just talking about the person who is in constant need of approval. This practice is just as detrimental among those who have designated themselves the quintessential helpers or healers of the world. All of it is tied up in an imbalance of ego whether it is to allow people to shape you in their image or use others via access to you to elevate your own sense of self-worth. Therapists have another word for this, codependence. The reality is being codependent makes it impossible to set appropriate boundaries or even realize that you deserve to think about yourself. So how do you know if you're codependent? Signs of codependency include difficulty identifying your feelings in any relationship, fear of making decisions that will paint you as, quote, the bad guy, valuing the approval of others more than valuing yourself, lacking trust in yourself or having poor self-esteem, having fears of abandonment or an obsessive need for approval caretaking to the detriment of your own wellness, difficulty adjusting to change, feeling used or underappreciated, inserting yourself in situations to offer advice, even and especially if it isn't asked for, or feeling passively or actively responsible for solving others' problems. That last one, feeling responsible for solving others' problems, That one is a doozy because many people do not see it as a sign of codependence. They wear this personality trait like a martyr's badge of honor. And even as they take on the weight of everyone else's baggage, they complain about being overwhelmed or busy or tired all of the time from all of that obligation. Is this you? It's okay if it is. Don't beat yourself up. Understanding the part we play in our own life story is the first step to reaching our highest and healthiest potential. And it's a great foundation for setting boundaries, even if we are doing it for ourselves in the quest to become a better human. Boundaries do not only exist to protect ourselves from others. Sometimes they exist to protect others from the parts of us that are, let's say, still under construction. Understanding this can help you take a dispassionate look at why healthy boundaries should exist and why they can go a long way to creating a happier and healthier existence for you and everyone around you. 
The first thing to understand about boundaries is that everyone is not going to respect them. And addressing this issue may not be as simple as walking away from that person. Sometimes the person is someone who is truly and actually dependent on you, like an infirm relative or a small child. That means instead of hard and firm boundaries that are obvious and potentially damaging, you have to be flexible enough to find a workaround that works for both you and the human who needs you. We'll get to that part in a bit, but let's start with the easy and obvious stuff. There are six identifiable boundaries to facilitate balanced and meaningful relationships with the humans in your life. They are physical, emotional or mental, spiritual or religious, financial and material, time, and non-negotiable boundaries. Physical boundaries protect your space and body. This means your right to your physical autonomous form and the space that you might physically occupy at any given moment. You have the right to enforce not only when a person occupies your physical space, but how they do it. You have a right to not be touched and to not have your privacy violated in terms of a closed door or sacred space. In addition to being uncomfortably close to you, someone might feel the right to hug you unprompted with the explanation that they're a hugger. This happens a lot in the wellness community. You have the right to tell them it is not okay, regardless of their personal policies, to do that without your consent. A physical boundary might also include the rules of your home or your living space. If you don't smoke or vape, but know someone who does, make it clear to them that their habit is not welcome in your personal space. Emotional and mental boundaries protect your right to have your own feelings and thoughts. You also have the right to reject criticisms or attempts to invalidate those feelings and thoughts. You are responsible for your own feelings and you do not have to take on the weight of another's feelings as they attempt to diminish your own. This is not the same as rejecting constructive criticism or blindly reacting in defense of your own feelings. It is the knowledge that your feelings matter and the courage to stand in that truth without in turn invalidating or diminishing another. Remember that boundaries work both ways. So we should also be aware of the proverbial overshare, especially in spaces or with people for whom such behavior is inappropriate. I know this gets a little tricky on social media because some people insist on using it as an alternative to therapy, but you know, all we can do is try. On to spiritual boundaries, which protect your right to believe in what you want, worship as you wish, and practice your spiritual or religious beliefs. It also prohibits you from imposing those beliefs and practices on others who don't align with you. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Financial and material boundaries protect your financial resources and possessions. It protects your right to spend your money as you choose and not give or loan your money or possessions if you don't want to. If you feel pressured about either of these things, rewind this podcast and go back to that part about codependence. Because if you feel guilty about earning or having money, there's likely a deeper issue at play 
and it may be worth your consideration and further exploration. Time boundaries protect how you spend your time. They protect you from agreeing to do things that you don't want to do and having people demand your time in an excessive or unreasonable way. Non-negotiable boundaries are just that, non-negotiable. They are typically deal breakers. They normally address safety issues in terms of verbal, emotional, and physical abuse. They can also apply to drug or alcohol use, fidelity, and practices that put you or your loved ones in danger. Codependence issues aside, the boundaries we set are as individual as we are. And how you set your boundaries relies heavily on what is actually acceptable or unacceptable in how you choose to live your life. So let's break this down. Lesson number one, determine your triggers. What sets you off? That friend who calls you multiple times a day to chat about nothing? The partner who expects that you'll do everything, short of breathing for them, to help make their lives more convenient? What about the parent or the child who decides that you should drop everything when they need you? How about the colleague or the coworker who constantly borrows from you without returning any of the things they took? Or that employer who asks for more than your job description without any expectation to fairly compensate you for the extra work. Maybe it's all of those things. Maybe it's none of them. We all have humans and events in our lives that cause us to roll our eyes and grit our teeth. Rather than repeatedly suffer through these instances and later bend the ear of a third party to unload our frustrations, it might be a good idea to address one or maybe all of the events in our lives that cause us to feel disregarded or unseen. Lesson number two, prioritize. Many of our triggers can be categorized from mild annoyances to outright disrespect. The more we understand the magnitude of each offense and the part we play in allowing it to repeat, the better prepared we can be to address and correct them. It can be challenging to admit that violation of our personal boundaries may be due, in part, to our unwillingness or inability to enforce them. We can become defensive and proclaim that we have little choice in the matter. But of course, we know this is not true. We all have a choice. We may not be comfortable making the choice to advocate for ourselves. Rewind this podcast and pay closer attention to that list about codependence because we definitely have a choice. So figure out what needs to be addressed first and prepare to get to work. Lesson number three, practice saying no. There are many ways to say no without actually using the word. You can be creative and flexible about the way you limit access, regardless of who is demanding it. For the person who constantly demands your time and energy, consider putting them on a schedule in terms of access to you. For example, that friend who calls multiple times a day, consider limiting the amount of times you take calls in any 24-hour period. Maybe that number is two. Maybe that number is zero. Because instead of daily chats, you've decided that a few times a week, that's actually more convenient for you. 
consider a daily cutoff for anyone to have access to you. That is, short of an emergency, maybe you decide that you won't take calls after 8 p.m. If you're dealing with someone who constantly inserts themselves into your physical space, as in making plans or constantly inviting you out or just wanting to be physically in your presence, consider being unavailable. You can actually say, I'm not available without saying anything further. You don't have to explain why you're not available. You have every right to set your own parameters for who keeps your company and no one is entitled to your very personal reasons why. If you have a younger sibling or child who demands your time and energy in the most immediate sense, help guide them to the understanding that it's okay for them to be patient and considerate of others and still have their needs met. Because the reality is, if they're doing it to you, they'll do it to others. Setting and understanding boundaries is a valuable life skill, and you have a unique opportunity to teach that skill in simply leading by example. Having a demanding or infirm elderly human is trickier, but it can still be done. Be kind, but firm with how you set your boundaries so that you can both thrive in a balanced and mutually respectful environment. The point is, you can get very creative about the way you set your boundaries. You don't have to be a jerk about it because if you're codependent, this is something that actually matters to you, but you can protect your space and you can protect your peace in an effective and lasting way. Lesson number four, accept and integrate your guilt. It is very possible that just the thought of saying no, creatively or not, will lead to you feeling guilty. This is that imbalance of ego that I mentioned earlier. Why do you feel guilty about setting boundaries? Do you assume yourself so indispensable that if you have the nerve to try and take care of yourself, that the world around you will fall apart? Have you decided that you are the only person who is qualified enough to solve the problems of the people around you? Or is it something else? Are you concerned that if you don't allow people unfettered access to you, that they will take their energy elsewhere? Are you worried that they will abandon you and think you less important simply because you had the courage to protect your peace? Can you be honest about that? And once you've been honest, can you sit with it and actively work to address those feelings? If you find yourself resistant to such a notion, consider lesson number five. Get professional help. One of the unplanned detriments of the wellness community is that it sometimes disparages traditional medicine. But the reality is, both holistic and secular practices have a valued place in our society. We should not disparage one in favor of another. Most of us need one, if not both kinds of healing to make us whole. And how lucky are we as a society to have access to both and actually have a choice. Getting professional help is not a sign that you are broken or less than. It is a brave step toward identifying your health and wellness goals and understanding that you may not be able to take all of those steps on your own. If we are constantly seeking better ways of being, then consider therapy a valuable tool to potentially strike a healthy balance inside of your body in terms of anxiety and depression and outside of your body in terms of healthy and meaningful interactions with others. 
We hope you found this information on boundaries helpful. And if you'd like to learn more, please download the latest issue of Happy Bee Life magazine. It's full of actionable tips to help you live a balanced and hopefully drama-free life. You can find the magazine on HabibiBody.com, HabibiBodySport.com, and HabibiLife.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us when we come back for the next episode.